And we are live for the 20th episode of the Bronx Bomber Babble Podcast. I'm your host, Luigi. And today I'm with my loyal co-host, Andrew. Andrew, how are you doing today? Uh, excited for the July 4th weekend, but uh, could be better coming off last night's game. Yes, uh, I wish Aaron Judge was six foot ten, not six foot eight. Um, I wish Yankee Stadium had a deeper right field porch. No, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, so Yankees tough game last night. We're we're gonna talk about the Red Sox series too because our last podcast was just before the Red Sox series. Um, you know, three close, competitive, exciting, compelling games. games. We had yep, really close. So I edged edge of my seat. I feel like I watched maybe five or six innings of those three games because every time I tuned in, it was just a blowout. But I did, you know, did see the Hicksy home runs. That was awesome. First three home run game by a Yankee since 2015. But yeah, let's just start off real quick with talking about uh, the uh, first game of the series against the Braves that did not go the Yankees way. Uh, they lost 5-3 in extra innings. It was one of those games where the bullpen was pretty great up until the last guy. Um, D-Rob kind of continues his uh, stretch of, I don't want to call it being bad, but maybe mediocrity. Uh, yeah, just tough one to lose last night. But, Andrew, let me give me your quick thoughts about that game last night. And uh, really the big storyline, Yankees went 0 for 12 with runners in scoring position. Yeah, I mean, you said it. That's obviously – going to be the biggest takeaway that this team relies on the home run uh, to drive in runs. I and mean, they're not doing that. They're not getting clutch hits uh, in situational spots. Uh, one thing that, you know, I was bummed about going to bed uh, and then still a little bit when I woke up this morning is the, the Aaron Hicks would be game winning double that bounced into the stands. I mean, I, I don't know how many ballparks have a higher uh, fence along the right field foul line that, that maybe contain that, but I mean, you could say that they did get one big hit of luck there. Uh, you look at 0 for 12, though, runners in scoring position, that's in no shape or form going to get it done. It's not the biggest of concerns at this moment, but it's something that definitely has to turn around if this team wants to ultimately be successful come October. Yeah, and you know, you just think in a game you lose in extra innings, and obviously they had a few um, chances with runners in scoring position extras, but you get one of those chances, that game doesn't go to extras, right? And it's just, that's a, I mean, there's a lot of uh, moves by Boone in this game that people did not agree with. Uh, I think me and you both didn't have much of a problem with any of the three moves that were in question. But yeah, just this, I, I believe it was, yeah, of course the stats queen, Katie Sharp, tweeted out that the Yankees were actually over the month of June, the worst team in baseball with runners and scoring position. I believe the average was around 170. And you know, you'd, don't really expect that from a team that like the Yankees, that's one of the best teams in baseball, but that comes around to bite you in October. And look, we were talking about it earlier today. It's not too, like a cause for concern. It's a cause for concern, but it's no sense to ring the alarm or, you know, panic, but it's over a month hitting that low with Brennan's scoring position. That's a pro that's definitely something to keep an eye on. And yeah, the home run ball just isn't as relevant in the postseason. Of course, the Yankees could change that with this great lineup. But, yeah, situational hitting, especially against those great uh, pitching staffs that are out there, it's vital. It's vital. But, yeah, Andrew, so I'm just going to read some of the uh, quotes from Booney that were posted after the game last night because people, you know, Yankee fans are always up in arms about something. Um, the first move was Aaron Boone not choosing the bunt or – 
excuse me, uh, where was I? This is uh, this is a hungover podcast, but no, I'll go with the move to not pinch hit Bird for because with the lefty up, bases loaded, he has Bird up there, and this is what he said: "Quote, it was a close call, but with the bases loaded situation and it being tied, the walk comes into play. The on base factor is why I stuck with Bird there and his ability to get on." Now, personally, and just for a reference, this tweet has two retweets, eighteen likes, and thirty-seven replies. So. You know, that, that, that's an angry ratio if I've ever seen one. But, Andrew, did you have a problem with Boone putting Bird up there? I think of the three situations we're, we're going to talk about, this is the one that maybe I could be most swayed on. Mm-hmm. Right. Coming off a two-homer game Friday night against left-handed pitching, I, I, you got to see what you can get from Greg Bird. You know, if, if he continues to slump in these situations for another month or two, and you know that he's absolutely incapable of this, then you know what you have come playoff time. But there was only one out. Uh, you know, Jury's only been back for a couple days. That's what everyone was clamoring for. I don't hate the move, but I, yeah, I, I think know that, that I could be convinced on that maybe a move could have been made but I'm not overly sold on it either. Yeah, so am I. You know, Like you said, Bird had the two-homer game Friday. Like, man, this whole Brandon Drury thing, man, it's just people go, oh, why do you hit pinch hit Drury? You would have hit a double in the gap, and there's it. But uh, it just doesn't work like that. I mean, Bird's a guy that's been, see- been seeing the ball much better, and I really didn't have a problem with Boone put, like, you know, having confidence in his starting first baseman in a situation like that. Like, I had no issue with that at all. But – yeah, um, and really the other two moves, I didn't have a problem either. Uh, this is what uh, he said about the uh, bunt situation. Quote, if we bunt and we're successful, we take the bat out of Judge's hands. Said He said with high on-base percentage players and Gardner and Judge, they had a good chance of scoring without giving away an out. And I agree with that. Um, I've been someone that used to be kind of, a, okay, bunting's good at some situations, but I've really become against the bunt. You know, looking at all the advanced stats, I think it'll tell you that it's just not worth it. So... I agree. I, you know, I've given Boone shit before, but you know what? I really didn't have a problem with last night. Yeah, I, I agree. That's, I mean, that that's the, the the one major argument against bunting, especially with one of your better hitters in the hole. Is you bunt, they're just gonna walk around him. Yeah. Uh, and, and Judge hasn't necessarily had a big stretch of. I don't want to say clutch hits because he's hit a lot of late home runs to put the team ahead, but coming up with a man on base, two outs, you know, that type of situation, mm-hmm. he doesn't have as much success. Um, so I, again, I, I don't want to make it seem like I'm saying he's, he hasn't come through in, in big spots here because he definitely has, but in those type of situations where you're just looking for a single against a tough pitcher, just put the ball in play, not there's no one on base tie game. Oh, cool. Home run put, gives us a lead. Um, I think he got a, give and especially because those guys both walk too and then you had Didi on deck uh excuse me after judge i i have no problem with that decision i'll let gardner hit yeah i agree i completely agree so you know two more games against atlanta uh tonight for the third and then tomorrow on the fourth so They'll get, I still have a chance to win the series, but you know, Atlanta's a really good team, man. I've said this before. They remind me a little bit of the Yankees of last year, just how they have a lot of young prospects, 
who are really a year ahead of schedule. They're not supposed to be this good yet, but you know, I think they have the, they have the best record in the National League right now. So, you know, Braves are a good team. No shame in losing an eleven inning game like that to them. The but, only thing that scares know, me tonight is you have Herman pitching with virtually no bullpen behind him, mm-hmm. and yeah. I, I don't remember who was who's who's starting for Atlanta tonight. Is it is it Brandon McCarthy? It might be. I know Faulty pitched uh, Sunday, so it's not him. It's Sean Newcomb, who's arguably their best starter. Right. So right. you're going to have in support of Herman because he could be lights out or he could be, you know, just tragic. <laughs> um, and then yeah. you don't have – you have Aaron, Adam Warren as your top bullpen guy available tonight. Uh, I think the big Warren, four are all out. Yeah, it's going to need some – Gonna need some distance from Herman tonight, which obviously is a big ask. But yes, yeah, so the there was a big series over this past weekend. Like we said earlier, didn't really have any competitive games. Uh, just a quick run through on that series. Friday night, the Yanks won eight to one. Uh, Sabathia threw a great game. Bird two home runs. Red Sox didn't really put up much of a fight. So you know, good game. Big, nice win. Great way to start off the series. CC was hyped. Love CC versus the Red Sox. He's owned them the past two seasons. But then we go to Saturday. <laughs> and I said this on Friday's show when I was previewing. I said, okay, Saturday you got Chris Sale for Sonny Grass. And they're probably not going to win that one. But I did not expect it to be an 11-0 loss. It's the second time this year we've lost, but we've just gotten – cream by the Red Sox, which is never fun. And yeah, Sonny Gray just continues to be the worst pitcher in baseball at Yankee Stadium. I think right as of now, he currently has like the highest home ERA in a season for a Yankees pitcher. Over seven, and right? Yeah, it's it's I believe seven three. It's 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 significantly higher than the, the number two on the list right now. So he's probably gonna own that record, right? Considering he's realistically he's only gonna have under 10 starts, maybe if that on at a Yankee stadium, but yeah, I mean, it's, and it's, it's almost unfortunate for gray because you know, that Devers grand slam just gets out and, you know, short, short, blah, blah, blah. But I mean, the bottom line is the guy has just been absolutely awful at Yankee stadium. And it's to the point where you look at his, look at his road and home splits. And it's almost like he's the exact polar opposite of judge where judge is just so insane at Yankee stadium. And then on the road, he's kind of just, you know, Falls back to almost like an average hitter, but I mean, Sonny Gray has been just terrible. I mean, what, is he gonna? Is this guy gonna turn around? Is he gonna just go away? What's happening? I don't know. Is he hanging out with David Price? What is happening with Sonny Gray? I mean, we said this after we we were on a podcast right after his eight inning no run performance in Toronto, and I yes. said then that this is what. He is. He's going to give you a couple dominant performances because he has good stuff, and then he's going to give you a couple of implosions when the stuff is sharp, but he has no control over where it's going. Uh, And that's what we saw again on Saturday. One interesting stat, I think it was Ken Rosenthal who tweeted it or co-tweeted someone, but a scout in attendance had relayed that Sonny Gray could be wrong on this, but I believe he said throw change-ups on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Uh, and part of the reason is because Sonny Gray's change-up is being I, hit I at an over 500 yep, clip, which is outrageous. 550 but he had right? no confidence to throw that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
you go back to that first inning. He had J.D. Martinez down one, two. First two guys he had cruised through. Gets to the first inning. It's a completely different game. We're not going to get into Devers' grand slam, which was the exact same home run that Gray gave up to Juan Soto. It looked like it was a foul ball, and it just carried out. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think that that's it right there. He has two pitches, fastball, curveball right now, and he very faintly mixes in the slider. Maybe it's just a matter of him changing his approach, changing what pitches he throws in what situations. Maybe he really just needs to work on that changeup so he can work it back in. Uh, I Part of it me, thinks it's it's confidence, but I think more it's just straight-up approach at this point because he's got the stuff. And he seems like a kind of guy who, you know, you heard him in the post-game interview where he's just like, I think we're the very fine nights, and then I come in and crap the bed or whatever he said. I saw a lot of people saying, oh, well, I like him saying that. That shows he cares. I hate him saying that because that just shows you this guy is mentally effed. This guy is just so down in the dumps, and he realizes he sucks. Like, he knows he sucks. So how do you think he's going to pitch? And how, what do you think is going on in his head? That he sucks, which, guess what? Bingo, he sucks. Oh, man, I get so mad about Sonny Gray. I really do. You know, I'm always going to remember, however long Sonny Gray's Yankee tenure lasts, I'm always going to remember it for this. That start before Boston when he was just talking about how he's going to attack guys tonight. And, oh, I'm going to attack guys so much I'm, I'm going to attack. And then you, he just goes out and just does the same Sonny Gray shit, has like 50 pitches in two innings. Just unbelievable with this guy. But you know what? Happier notes, game Sunday – the shitty pitcher on the mound was on the Red Sox because David Price, if Sonny Gray didn't stink it up enough Saturday, David Price made sure that that place, Yankee Stadium, was just smelling like absolute doo-doo because that was one of the worst pitching performances I've ever seen. Like that, at a certain point, it just looked like the game was on loop and I was just watching highlights. I mean, not one, not two, not three, not four. Five home runs given up by David, good old, way too much money price. Uh, his final line was three and a third, nine hits, eight runs. So, yeah, he was not the one that was shitty. Or he was the one that was shitty on the mound. <laughs> and Luis Severino, just, my God, I'm going to call myself out right now for it. I said on the show Friday that Severino's clearly third in the ASI Young voting. I-, I was wrong. Freezing cold take the shit out of me because – the guy's number one right now. He's the best pitcher in baseball right now. He's just been on such a roll, and he's just been so dominant. And he's been doing it against great teams. He goes shut out to the Astros. Now he's shutting out the Red Sox. His line Sunday night, six and two-thirds, two hits, no runs, no walks, three walks, six strikeouts, 99 pitches. His ERA is now at 1.98, best in the AL, 13 wins, also tops in the AL. Andrew, Sevy starting the All-Star game? Don't think he will, only because you have AJ Hinch as as the manager, and the only chance that it's not going to be Verlander is if he pitches, let's say, the game before the All Star break or the game before the last game before the All Star break. Uh, I think he's going to give it to his guy just because. Um, is he the most deserving though? Yeah, but it's the All Star game, and I think it's it's cool. You know, I, I, hasn't Chris Sale started the All Star game the last two years for the AL? I mean, I believe so. We, we remember it all that much. I think it's a cool honor, but I'm not going to get beat up if he mm-hmm. doesn't. He's going to appear in the game in the second inning or 
not at all. Usually not they go relievers <laughs> the rest of the way. Um, he's, and, you know, I think at this point, the number one starter in the AL. And like you said, potentially in Major League Baseball, Max Scherzer is the guy you would say, well, he's the one guy who's better. Rick Porcello yesterday, which I, I can't even fathom how that happens. Yeah, yeah Rick, Rick Porcello hit that th- bases clearing double off uh, Scherzer. And the ESPN crew was just clowning Porcello at the plate. <laughs> it's a double over the left fielder's head. You know, they got freezing Hartman cold take. thinks that he he saw something because remember they were teammates in Detroit. I, yeah. it, it's actually if you think about it, maybe not as big of a surprise as it should be because Porcello watched this guy and maybe was just saying, all right, maybe he picked up something. Scherzer tipped his pitch without realizing it. It was just up oh, fastball high and in or whatever that pitch was. Um, I'm not we're, not we're not breaking down Rick Porcello's double <laughs> Max Scherzer. Porcello. The fact of the matter is, though, that a game after getting carved up by Luis Severino, the Boston Red Sox with the exact same lineup went to Washington and won on the road against Max Scherzer. Mm-hmm. Severino's the guy. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, Verlander, to his credit, has had a phenomenal year. It's still pretty close with him and Sevy because his Verlander's whip is .86, which is a little better than Sevy's. I mean, .86 whip is just ridiculous. But – yeah, so I look like you said, it's really not that big of a deal who starts the All Star game, especially now at the All Star game. Uh, their home field advantage isn't a factor anymore. All Star game means a lot less, a lot less people watch it. I feel like I, I know I care a lot less about it, but yeah, I mean, just it's really incredible because we both said on the you know spring training that you know we did not ex- like I expected. I think we both did expect the Severino to be around three two, three three, three four ERA, which would be fine, which would be great, but. Man, and I, we're halfway through the season. Still a long way to go, but 13 wins in the beginning of July. Man, and he's chasing Gidry's strikeout record, too. And Gidry's wins record, too. Yeah, that's sad, though. Man. Man, oh, man. Well, yeah, so enough about enough about the Red Sox series. Let's go over some uh, news and notes from around uh, Yankee land. Um John, Johnny Loisiga, he has been sent down because we don't have a bullpen right now. So AJ Cole been activated. Uh, uh, Boone said that uh, Johnny Laz may be pitching one of the two games of the doubleheader against Baltimore. So probably see him back pretty soon. Uh, also, Glaber Torres. This is July third. He is not in the lineup tonight due to a uh, a hip. That's tightened up a little bit. Said it's not. Boone said it's not too big of a deal. Should nothing to be worried about. But you know, anytime I hear anything injury related with Glaber, I'm going to worry. So you know, Boone, I'm not listening to you. And another quick news and notes: uh, Yankees recently signed their 24th rounder, Blakely Brown from Georgia Southern, who was a uh, transfer from Georgia. Now, actually, he has a really, uh, really big time fastball. Might be a kid to watch out for. Could be a big bullpen arm for the Yanks in the future. But yeah, so uh, these next two games, Andrew, what what are you expecting to see out of the Yanks? Obviously, you talked about Herman getting the ball and him needing to go distant the distance. But talk about the game tonight and the lineup that the Yanks are putting out. And uh, who isn't one of your uh, favorite players in the four the cleanup spot? Oh, I thought you were going uh, who's starting <laughs> at second base in place of Claver today. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, that's interesting. To see. Uh, Aaron Hicks hitting cleanup tonight. Uh, but 
ultimately he's been one of the better hitters in the last week. You got a left-hand hitter, left-hand pitcher, excuse me, on the mound tonight. Uh, that that's something important that I want to see from the team today. Is they've done really well against left-handed pitching. I know I mentioned earlier that Sean Newcomb is arguably Atlanta's best starter this year, but this team needs to capitalize against left-handed pitching, especially when you have a wild card on the mound. Herman will either be hot or cold, and you have virtually no bullpen to back it up. Um, so I need to see that tonight. I need to see Domingo Herman attack the zone and not and not you know Sunny Gray nibble. He's got really sharp stuff, and I feel like this is an Atlanta team that will swing at pitches yeah, that are close, but out of the zone. Mm-hmm. So definitely go at them. And then on Wednesday afternoon, tomorrow, we have CC against Julio Tehran. And Tehran's an interesting case, too, because he's kind of like a Tanaka, a guy who has dominating stuff but is home run prone, and that's the one thing the Yankees have done well. They haven't hit with runners in scoring position of late, but they have had a propensity to put the ball in the seats might be a good matchup for them there. Um, I still think they take both games. Uh, it's going to be going to be tight tonight, though, um, given the situations we've already discussed. Tonight's going to be one of those games where you're going to be watching really closely in the first inning because, like, if Vermont's in trouble right away or gives up a couple quick runs, you're just you're just going to put your your head in your hands and say, "Oh no, this this can't happen," because. The Yankees have a big road trip before the All-Star break coming up. Not not big. I just meant like big as in, you know, a lot of games in a row. Because three games against the Blue Jays, then a four-game series against the uh, the good old Oreos, with one of those games being a doubleheader on uh, Monday. And then they have four in Cleveland. So, yeah, this is the these two games are going to be the last two games at Yankee Stadium before the All-Star break. So, season, season's going by. Yeah, we just passed the, the halfway mark on yep. Sunday night, right? Yeah, this the game last night was game number 82. Yankees are 54 and 28. Um, it's a good time to be a Yankees fan, man. It's been a great season. Uh, you could not, you would not know that if you looked at Twitter. You would think the Yankees were 500 and on the verge of collapse, but that's not the case. A part um, of that, though, is the fact that the Red Sox just continue to win. Yeah. I mean, we're now a full game back. As good as this team's been, we're a game out of first place. And if the Red Sox were playing at, let's say, an Atlanta Braves type pace, and we had, uh, what is that? I don't even know exactly what the Braves record is, but let's say we had a three, four game lead in the division right now. Last night's game would be frustrating and be like, whatever, come back tomorrow. But it almost feels like every game is a playoff game. They, they can't go to. Have they been down? Have they been down what? You cut out April? <laughs> What's up, Andrew? You cut out a little bit there. Oh, sorry. I was saying, have they been. Two months, uh, two games out of first place since April when they were down like seven. Yeah, like since they c- closed that gap, I, I don't think it's been more than a couple games apart. It's just, and it's, I feel like it's going to stay like that all throughout the summer and all throughout the fall until the season ends. These two teams are just so evenly matched. I believe the Yankees and Red Sox still have nine games against each other. So, yeah, but six are at Fenway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we'll see. We shall see. Uh, any other news and notes you want to close the show out with, Andrew? Uh, did we mention uh, the Yankees signing uh, Rafael Severino? Oh, yeah, the, you know, the, the younger brother of Luis Severino, 19-year-old Rafael Severino, has been signed by the Yankees. And according to Sevi, the Big Sevi, um, 
he said that his little brother is a very smart pitcher and doesn't throw that hard yet, but once he gets stronger, he will. And if you followed Luis Sevi's backstory, he was the same way. He wasn't a flamethrower when he first came uh, over when he was 16, 17. He developed that, and now he has the hardest fastball in baseball amongst starting pitchers. So I know, obviously, it's you know just an older brother talking of his younger brother. It could be viewed that, but, man, I think it's, something might run in that family. You know, just just a quick guess, hot take. So, yeah, that's awesome news that we get two Severinos. We'll see. We'll see. But for Matt, for Andrew, this is the Bronx Bomber Battle Podcast. We'll be back this weekend. Everyone have a great 4th of July. Be safe. Don't, don't get arrested. A lot of people do. And we'll see you next time. See you guys.